welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Okay, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to uh, the inaugural, the first episode of the Tradies Hour. And um, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Melbourne, and I'm really excited about our uh, our guest uh, here this afternoon. And for the next uh, for the next six to eight weeks, we're going to be uh, rolling with the Tradies Hour and bringing again people from all walks of life as it relates to uh, running, growing, failing, having a go as it relates to anything trades and or construction. You know. My, uh, my, my grandfather used to say to me um, a very, very long time ago, you know what, Stefan, make sure you go to school, uh, read the books, pass the tests, pass the exams, and you watch what happens in life. In fairness, I always wanted to become a tradie and, a, uh, and, 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 a, and an owner of a construction-based business. Now, that didn't happen for me, but in 2005, I sort of made a decision once I finished with my family business to have a go and uh, start working with trade-based and uh, construction-based businesses and and, and ultimately help them as they were helping me because I was sort of ticking my box as to uh, being involved and engaged in trade-based businesses. What would it be like to be a leader and or an influencer of trade-based businesses? And since 2005 and having worked with hundreds of trade and construction-based businesses, nothing is truer than this next statement. If business was easy, if a trade-based business was easy, if running a construction-focused business was easy, everyone would be doing it. Everyone would be doing it. So I'm really excited. In the next couple of moments, I'm going to be uh, inviting uh, Brendan Dover from The Drain Man. He's a, he's a guy I've known for a long, long time. And uh, I've, watched his, uh, I've watched his journey, watched the journey of The Drain Man, ultimately a journey that started in the eastern suburbs here in, uh, in Melbourne, Victoria, and it's grown and grown to such a point. Just want to remind everyone, this is The Tradies Hour, Stephen Gazagas, and ultimately, um, it'd be really cool if you can hit your chat right now and uh, let me know in the uh, in the chat on the LinkedIn chat where are you where are you listening from right now what business are you in right now as it relates to trades and or construction but I'm going to be inviting Brendan to join me in a couple of moments and here is a business that's gone the gone the journey has learnt I guess uh, by falling down getting back up having another go building team growing business getting getting more out of himself than anyone else and ultimately bringing an army with him he's um, he's currently at a stage where he has almost 80 people on the team he has um, 50 plus vehicles out on the road and again it ain't about being big and Brendan will be the first to share this with us it ain't about being big it's about being successful it's about being being integrity first and doing the best you can, doing whatever it takes. And in your trade-based business, just showing your customers and your team that you actually care. So, Brendan, um, please come on and uh, let, let's get this show on the road. So, I guess as it relates to the tradie hour, and uh, Brendan, good afternoon and good to see you here, mate. Um, um, how's your day going? How's your week been? I mean, Monday of another week, we're, uh, we're into uh, <laughs> the second year in a row as it relates to lockdowns, and surely we're getting better at it. What do you think? I uh, did last week finish. 
Mate, twenty percent of this week's almost gone. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, I think it started at about five thirty this morning, and um, it's been full on. We achieve a fair bit every day, uh, and COVID's been an interesting journey, and it's a long way from over. So, mate, um, so do you still start your day at a five thirty? How often are you starting at five thirty, Brendan? And again, is that by choice or is that just a habit? Is it a discipline? How's that worked for you? Uh, it's nearly every day. Um, my family only keeps me away from from work. <laughs> uh, and if it wasn't for my lovely wife, I'd be here probably twenty three hours a day. Um, yeah, I start I start early, probably four mornings out of five, um, just because it's it's got to be done. You know, we got things to do, and and you got to stay on top of things because. Uh, growth is still enormous in our business and will continue to be. And when you say that, Brennan, I mean, you know, 5.30 starts, I mean, you know, we're working as a tradie and a, and a guy on the tools, um, when I first met you, you were definitely on the tools um, a lot more. How many of your hours, let's say, in a working day, if you're still putting in the eight or 10 hours or 12 hours, as, as I know you do, how, how many of your working hours are on the tools these days? When you think about the family is the only thing that keeps you away from business, and that's good to hear, but how many of your hours are actually on the tools today? Uh, zero. And, yeah, when, all, and when did that happen for you? It's all above the shoulders. Um, uh, probably 2011 or 12. Um, I've started to really get off the tools more and more. Um, but now I'm pretty much completely uh, office bound, um, working on the business and strategy and the future. Uh, don't deal that much with day to day anymore. I interact with the team and grow the team because uh, that's probably what I love the most out of everything that I do is is growing, seeing people come into the business who don't know anything about the business and watching them grow. I mean, we, a couple of years ago, started uh, an all-female relining team and they're now uh, right up there with as our, our best relining crew, uh, most productive. They look after the gear the best. So that, that floats my boat a fair bit. I mean, it's not just gender, it's uh, people from different backgrounds, you know, races and, and all sorts of different things that is, uh, makes business a, a really exciting thing. So when you think about, um, that's really interesting because, again, you know, there, 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 is a, there is a difference for all of us, isn't it? I mean, and I think for anyone in small business, but particularly trade and construction-focused businesses where... The owner is typically central to everything day one. And then, um, you know, there comes a time where you can make that decision, right? Where you put your hand up and you say, hey, something's got to change here. Otherwise, the business side of the business, I mean, you called it on the business, but the business side of the business needs its attention. Yeah. And it needs as much attention as getting the customer serviced and delivered and everything else. But if that happened for you at about 2011, let's go back um, you know, let's go back to the mid-2000s, because how, how long's the Drain Man been going for, mate? When did you give birth to this thing? I got out of General Plumbing in 2000, started the Drain Man um, in 2001. 
Okay. Um, really just a job for myself. I was yeah. out there clearing block drains all day, every day. Yep. Uh, and then I, we, I got really busy um, and I had a couple of subbies on. Uh, and then in 2007, I employed my first true staff member full-time, uh, even though the subbies were going full-time. Um, so, yeah, 2000 and I think 2007 was really the year that it started to, to go for me. Um, you know, I started to turn my back on other interests. Um, uh, you what know, were they at the time? I mean, obviously, you were a younger bloke back then. and Yeah, I was playing footy back then. Okay. Uh, in fact, in 2005, I retired. I coached 2006 and seven. Then gave that away because the business was starting to take off, and that was where the real passion was. Um, and then I think I met you early, late two thousand and seven, because I I knew that I needed guidance. Uh, one of my sayings is, "I'm not that smart, but I can lift heavy things." <laughs> uh, and it's just, um, yeah, just I knew I had to work with someone who could take me to where I knew I could go, but I didn't know how to get there. But also your football background, Brendan, I mean, not many people will know this. Who, who was your um, who was your mentor, coach, footy, uh, I guess, go-to, um, whether you were from the outside or the inner sanctum? Who was um, who were the references as it relates to, um, you know, people that you, you, you looked at and thought, wow, that, that's, that's great, to give you the business opportunity to think outside the square too? Uh, look, there's a lot of people who have um, who have formed who I am and what what I do and the way I do it. Uh, I was lucky enough to spend a little bit of time at Hawthorne. wasn't good enough to play any games, but that that still has an impact on me today. Um, Ray Biffin was the under-19s coach back when I was there. Uh, and uh, Alan Jones was the senior coach most of the time. Um, and he was very influential. He was, uh, put it this way, when, when Alan Jones spoke, you, you knew, you, you listened. Um, and he wasn't but, an aggressive guy, was he? Oh, Jesus, I wouldn't want to get in his way. Um, not aggressive, but certainly assertive. He just, he yeah. Certainly, you didn't you didn't muck around, but um, uh, yeah. Look, I don't know. You're either the sort of bloke who can grow a business and you're focused on it, and you're prepared to sacrifice other things in your life, or you're not. Um, and I'm I'm certainly not the sort of bloke who who wants speedboats and and a fancy car or or you know. Uh, Pretty simple. I, I'm a, I like my gardening, so that you know that's one thing that I've, I've kept doing the whole way along. Uh, it's amazing how much aggression you can take out with a shovel in your hand in the in the garden on a weekend. <laughs> so we're listening to the Tradies Hour. Uh, Stephen Kazakas and Brendan Dover just having a, a bit of a riff, a bit of a conversation as it relates to the journey, the journey of business. And uh, I guess in 2007, uh, there, there was a, a line in the sand, Brendan, and, and, and you crossed it and you said, okay, 
it's getting busier, it's getting more serious, and now it's time to perhaps build and or grow. And then in 2011, you get to a point where you're no longer working on the tools, as in this business has its opportunity to produce, produce for the customer what you've promised without you needing to be there, being the best at it. And you grow a couple of young guys that, if I'm not mistaken, are still with you many, many years on, right? So testament to you and your leadership style. But what would you say as it relates to, again, if we think about 2007, 2011, 2017 and, and 2021 where we are today what have you what have you got as it relates to leading growth versus managing growth how how do you speak to the two aspects I lead growth I manage growth what do you say to that as a trade trade-based business owner and one that's definitely at a benchmark level to lead growth you've got to work harder on yourself than you do on anything else. Uh, because it can be a pretty lonely game um, leading growth. Uh, there's not a lot of people who, who share your, your passion uh, or understand where you want to go. Um, and managing growth is probably not my strong point. Um, I'm not probably truly a manager, uh, if that sort of makes sense. Um, management people who manage growth are, are, are more focused on the day-to-day numbers and and uh, so leading growth I've surrounded myself with people who are much better than me at what they do um, and you when did you realize when did you realize the distinction Brendan because that that to me, and, and you know, we've got, a, we've got a number of people listening right now and, and if they're running trade-based businesses, maybe they're in their first million, second million dollars, or, or maybe their first five um, vehicles on the road, or maybe 55, who knows? But when did you realise there was a distinction between, hang on, whoa, 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 I accept this is not the thing that I'm really good at. I'm going to have to surround myself with better people than me to do this with me so I can get on with whatever it is in the leading growth versus managing growth space. When did you realise that? And what was the, I guess, what was the um, the hardest part of that decision and the investment needed to do that? Uh, well, since 2011, it's probably been ongoing. Uh, you've, you've, you've got to have the, the intestinal fortitude to be able to let go. Because um, control freaks... I don't think survive like they they probably die on the vine or they're they're a one-legged duck in a very small pond um they just keep going around and around around in circles and I don't I don't see a lot of fun in that so um I'm prepared to let people grow uh that doesn't mean that they're they're not accountable uh they're not held accountable and that's I suppose you know some people don't like that um there's too much at risk though. I can, you know, I, I remember back in the day uh, when I first started out, um, I didn't have a brass razor to rub together, you know. Uh, and so I know the value of, of where a dollar comes from. Um, and I'm not a wasteful sort of a person. So I've, uh, I'm not tight, but I just, um, yeah, I know. I know how important it is to look after the dollars, um, but I, I suppose um, 
just uh, probably from 2011, I knew the difference. I, I knew that, and as I've done that, I've, I've had to get, I've had to get even better people in. Like the caliber of the people that I've got in the business now far exceeds anything that has ever been in the past. And we're looking to go, we're looking to the future to, you know, five and 10 years time. We're not, we're not focused on today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and, and even 2022, you know, like 2021 for us is done and dusted. Um, there's a lot going on, of course, and it's still, it'll still motor along, but uh, it's where the, it's the future that, that, you know, there's stuff that's happening in, in Europe and America in our space that hasn't been seen before. Um, and it's cha it's changing the game as we speak. You know, technology is making so much of a difference. Uh, and look, population is going to continue to grow, uh, even though a lot of people reckon they're moving out of Victoria and, uh, you know, they're sick of lockdown and all that stuff. We're all sick of lockdown. But if we don't, if we don't vaccinate and we don't learn to live with this damn thing. It ain't going anywhere. Uh, but business has to continue. We're just lucky that we've been able to, I'm very, very thankful that we've been able to work all the way through. It hasn't been easy. It's never been easy. So we're speaking to Brendan Dover from The Dream Man. This is the Tradies Hour. This is our inaugural first episode. We're going to be running this, this show at a 4.30 on a Monday, um, every Monday for the next uh, several uh, several months. And uh, we encourage you guys to uh, put, your, uh, put your questions in. I've got a couple of questions here that have just come in. Uh, Brendan, uh, there's one here that's come in and it says, okay, well, if, if managing growth is something that once you realise you can help others into your business to take care of it and you keep on focusing on, on leading growth, how do you control culture? So how do you, how do you create a standard of excellence? You've got to be honest about it. You've got to truly believe in your own culture. You've got to truly believe that the standards that you've set for your business are what you want them to be. And then you just got to hang on to them. And no one can bend those rules. No one doesn't, especially you as the leader, you've got to live those rules. You've got to be prepared to be lonely. You've got to be prepared to uh, be awake at night. You've got to be prepared to have your missus having a crack at you because you're, you're at work too often. Um, you got to you got to be understanding when the kids need your time. Uh, you've got to, I've got an open door policy on my office, so anybody can walk in my door anytime. Um, uh, but you can't be taken advantage of either. So. So what's a, what's a great example? Uh, and again, you, you you choose wherever you want to go with this. What's a great example of open door policy and and uh, any question can be asked that still to this day, maybe it was a day ago or five years ago, it still stands out for you as one of the most uh, interesting requests you may have had. Don't name names unless you want to. No, no. But uh, what, what, what stands out as a as, as the advantage of open door policy because it's not always good, but you're either having it or you're not. I'll give you an example of one of the worst ones that's uh, quite funny from some perspectives. I was irate when it happened. Uh, I wanted to tear this bloke limbless. 
that was back when we were in our what I call our shoebox, which was our little office in Ringwood. And um, he walked into my office and he said, uh, "How do you know you're not trading insolvent? Because I believe you might be." Um, yeah, I, I sort of, uh, I, I sort of, um, it's an insult. It's an absolute insult. Um, and he clearly didn't understand what he was talking about. Um, and he didn't know anything about the business and where it was at. It was all what he'd heard on the grapevine. I said to him, so I imagine that's your form of resignation. Um, yeah, so look, you've got, getting back to the, the, the question, um, you've just got, if you've set the rules, they're not going anywhere for anyone. It's as simple as that. And they've got to, the rules have got to be something that you're prepared to uphold. So that when you lead by example, you're doing stuff that those rules are easy to, to live by. Yeah, you don't set a goal that's way too hard for everybody to reach because there's, there's no achievement. You can't achieve the impossible. So it's really important that, that whatever the rules of the game are, they're clearly defined and as many people as possible are on board. Uh, so how do you go about that? In, in 2021, at the Drain Man, again, it's a business that's certainly, it's still a small business. Like No matter how we look at it, it's still a business that has under 100 people employed and it's still under, uh, let's call it $100 million in revenue per year. Although, you know, you have been awarded as a business um, the largest um, contract of its type in the Southern Hemisphere by Water Authority. And, and, and again, as a small business, as a business that was, you know, three, four, five years ago when that happened, you, you, you've stood the test of time. You've gone up against the Goliaths and and in a certain degree, you've been the David that slingshotted them and, and you beat them at their own game and you still stand the test of time. What do you and how do you go about as a business, as a leader, to ensure that the culture, the vision, the journey, is something that we're all as best we can align to because you don't look for a hundred percent. You don't look for a hundred percent permission. And, and, and Brendan, let's just face it, right? I'm yet to see statues being erected in the name of committees, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Have you come across any statues in the US, in Europe, or Australia no. that are erected in the honour of committees? No. No chance. No. There's, uh, there's got to be, if you're going to lead the business and grow out of, out of that really small business mentality, you've got to be prepared to, to cause some carnage along the way. Um, and there's going to be people who have got to, got to deselect themselves because the business has gone past them. Um, you've, got to, you've also got to understand that there's, there are people that are in the business currently that won't be there in three or four years time because the growth of the business is going to exceed their capability. Uh, and you can't expect to have your staff on the same page as you are um, all the time because they don't have that intensity. They don't have that, that will. So you've got to probably learn to relax a little bit of your expectation as well, you know, um, get it right 80% of the time. 
and the 20 percent that'll look after itself as long as you're trying to do the right thing um but you, the other thing one of our key pillars here is show that you care you've got to show people that you truly care um you got to try you got to show your staff and and your and your suppliers that you truly care um you know if you if your cash flow's strapped nothing like jumping on the phone to, to one of your suppliers and saying hey listen i just need a bit of time most of them will, will listen to you and they'll talk to you and they'll work with you but if you bury your head in the sand they're going to get a bit stroppy um and that's happened and it's probably going to happen again to be brutally honest because as the business grows, it, cash flow can become an issue. Um, but yeah, you've, you've, you've got to be prepared to let go and try and relax. Like I had a group of blokes say to me uh, about 10 years ago, um, you're, also, you're very aggressive. Well, I'm sorry if, if you think I'm aggressive. I, internally, I only see it as I'm intense. You know, I, I, I want to get somewhere. I've I got no ambition to, to own the world. I've got no ambition to take on the rest of the world. I've just got, I've got an ambition to be the best I can be. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, why wouldn't you stretch your business past comfortable uh, to find out what it's truly capable of, you know? Yeah, it's, you're so right there, uh, Brendan. And in fairness, you know, where is your edge? Where are you going as it relates to your edge? How is it that you put yourself in a place of, you know, uncomfortable? But don't be, don't be a kamikaze. Don't be crazy, right? Because anytime speed is involved, as you know, there will be an accident. However, velocity, intensity, grit, resilience, which are really, you know, they're words that are used, um, in my opinion, um, too, too, too often by too many, and yet rubber only hits the road when you're prepared to put your mouth and your feet to go and execute, right? So from your perspective, um, and, and we've got about five or ten more minutes here, so please have your questions uh, continue to come through. Um, why is it that you've had the stamina? Why is it in your opinion? Again, this is your answer, mate, not mine. Why do you feel you've had the stamina to continue to push through? Why is it that you, you have had the stamina to, to ultimately take on what in your mind could have easily said, no, 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 that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the way it was. It was easier. It was peaceful. I'm just not going to push any forward. Why have you had the stamina to push through where so many others in trade and construction have withered? Uh, I'm not a pretender. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not someone who you know claims to have all this stuff, and they're up to their eyeballs in debt. Um, I'm not someone who wants to show off. Um, this is not about waving the big red stick. This is about um, challenging yourself. You know, like I don't want to go through another day at work and there not be a challenge. Um, but I'm not interested in grandstanding either, you know. Like I've got 58 trucks on the road because I want to, you know, I want to tell everybody I'm the biggest. Uh, if three of those trucks are non-profitable, then I've got a massive problem. I've got a massive problem because it's there's no point. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot of people who who I suppose want to own it. 
you know, truly own it. You know, they want to they want to have a lifestyle as well. Yeah, well, that's for people who've got businesses that are probably not all that successful, to be brutally honest. Yeah, you might get a good end, outcome, an income out of them, but you're basically just running your own business for to have a job. Um, I don't see that as a way forward. But it's also a, uh, and you and I have riffed on this a fair bit over some good bottles of red, mate. Um, it's also, it's also befitting the owner or the leader that's, again, the glass ceiling in the business. Now, having fifty-eight trucks in your business today, and possibly who knows, one hundred and fifty, if that's deemed appropriate in five years' time, has got nothing to do with big. It's got to do with leverage. It's got to do with who are you bringing in to give an opportunity to go on a journey and become the best leader in the next function of the business. You know, when you think about your business in 2007, it was business to consumer focused. You know, we were only dealing with homeowners. And yet today, 73% of your business is business to business at a government tier one, tier two level. You've got, you know, six partnership managers on your team, just focused on building partnerships, relationships. It takes balls of steel to do that versus trying to figure it out um, within a 40 or 50 or 60 hour week, because somehow you want to keep it small and keeping it small is for small minded people. Yeah. yeah. Mate, I've got a question from a Steve here. Steve runs a, uh, a business with um, 15 people on the team. If you could break up your week, where are you spending most of your time and why do you choose that? <laughs> uh, well, strategy. It's simple, it's one word, strategy. Uh, because I don't want to be where I am today in 12 months' time. Um, I spend all of my time working uh, in areas of the business that need work on it for the future, not where it, what it's doing today. Uh, so it's all about strategy. And I'm an investor more than anything else. Um, Talk to me about that. What, what do you mean? So in your working week, you're an investor. What do you mean? Do you buy houses? What do you do? Shares? What are you doing? I, I invest in my people and I invest in, in, in pieces of equipment to make life easier for my people. Uh, systems, you know, um, job management systems to allow people to get paid uh, easier and, and quicker and all that sort of stuff. Um yeah, there's a whole range of activities. Like I spend a fair bit of time um, in in different areas of the business, like marketing. You know, um, just because the message has to go out right, you can't tell people stuff that that you're not truly doing. You've got to you've got to be able to back up your claims. Um, there's enough businesses running around out there who are modelling themselves, they compete with the drayman. They model themselves on the drayman. They've got no originality at all. Look, get challenged. Don't copy. Don't be a copier. You know, go out and, and, and tear your own path. Uh, and does and being an investor, if, you know, if let's just say 20% of your working week these days, Brendan, or 30% of your working week is afforded in... Uh, yeah, investing, would you link investing to innovating? Yeah, you spoke about systems, you spoke about people, you spoke yep. about, um, you know, 
you mentioned earlier um, you're expanding across Australia right now. You've got a deal that's just about to happen in um, WA, Queensland, and, and so forth. But but in saying that, is being the investor truly linked to being an innovator? Yeah, yeah. You've got to, you've got to, and you but you you're not a gambler. Mm. You don't you don't go out and punt on something. Um, your, your risk is always there. You've got to de-risk as much as you possibly can, but you, you're going, you're dealing with calculated risks. You go and do the homework. You go and find out whether something is going to give you a return. You don't go and buy something and then hope it gets work. You don't, you know. No, but Brendan, there was that movie, you know, build it and they will come. Yeah. Field yeah. of Dreams. Do you know that? Do you know that? <laughs> interestingly enough, do you know that movie? Um, it was only about three months ago. I was reading that they eventually got people to that baseball pitch, that baseball yeah. ground. Uh, Build it, and they will come. The Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner, amazing movie in the nineties with a really stupid message. Hey, um, mate, just very quickly, um, and I know we've got a couple of minutes here. So we're speaking to the to Brendan Dover from the Drain Man. Um, Got his business started in 2001. 2007 started realising, whoa, 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 something's got to give. 2011 got off the tools and, and slowly but surely has gone from uh, two vehicles in 2007 to 58 out on the road um, across Victoria and expanding all over Australia as we speak. Um, Been the recipient of the uh, the largest, the largest um, contract of its type in the Southern Hemisphere as it relates to a water authority um, and, and continue to build on that and continue to build on that in a big way. Um, has got a significant difference between managing growth and, and leading growth and there is a distinct difference and if you want to be uh, hands-on and uh, on the tools forever, then you'll uh, you'll be the glass ceiling that holds you back. So Brendan Dover, the trade is out. I've got one last question here for you, mate. And again, I just want you to, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to think about it. What is the best advice you've ever received as a business owner, as an individual, as a human being? What was the toughest moment in your business? And what did you learn from that? And how does it continue to shape you, Brendan? Uh, uh, that's not one question. I know, but you know, I always like giving a little, I always ask you a little bit more, mate. More, yeah, more no. juice from the squeeze, mate. Well, look, I've, um, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Uh, being coached by you has probably taught me more than anything. Emotional intelligence was probably my biggest learning. Um, and if you don't know emotional intelligence, then uh, get yourself a coach, uh, business benchmark group would be probably a good, great place to start uh, and learn about emotional intelligence because it's bloody important. Uh, for everything you do, um, even my personal relationships have 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 been enhanced outside of business. Um, so that's probably the number one thing that I think I, I've hung on to since two thousand and seven. Um, I'm more emotionally intelligent today than I've ever been. Am I a superstar? No, but uh, I'm working on it. Um, yeah, it's and learning to learning to chill out, you know, don't be so bloody stressed all the time. Like I used to get stressed all the time. Um, reduce the amount of stress. Don't procrastinate. I've never been really been a procrastinator, or I don't think I have been. 
Um, but think about the emotional intelligence teaches you to think about the outcome. Um, and when you're growing, you sort of, you don't get exhausted. Um, and you can't be busy being busy because that's really like quite negative. It's, uh, it's an energy sap. Um, so if, you, if you're truly growing your business, you've just got to be prepared to work smarter. Um, and Pat Reardon, a great mate of mine, has always taught me, uh, it's funny, he says, funny big fella, the harder you work, the luckier you get. There's been a few times where I've buried my head in this business and worked hard, really, really hard on, on things without being on the tools and they've come off, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, you've just, I don't know, you've got to be honest with yourself, you know? Being honest with other people is easy compared to being honest with yourself. When you, when you know you're not real good at things, it's really hard to admit that you're not good at things and then let other people know that you're not that good. Uh, and then putting the trust in those people to be able to do their job. Then being able to manage those people so that you get the best out of them. Uh, but you've got to work harder on yourself than you do on anything else. Thank you, Brendan. Um, so when I say, I'm going, to, I'm going to put two statements to you and I want you to answer as quick as you can. Run your business like you will own it forever and optimise it so that you could sell it tomorrow. What does that mean for you? Well, it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you, you're not growing a business for your own, um, your own income or salary. You're growing it for your future and your, your, uh, your family's future uh, and for the well-being of, of the people you employ. Uh, you've got to be fairly selfless from that perspective. And uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, I, think, I think it says everything. It's, it, you don't really need to say too much. Um, you've got to be consistent. I think that's the message. And in life, you will always get what you deserve. Well, you'll only ever get what you put in. You'll only get out what you put in. And if you put in of yourself, you'll get it back in spades. But you've got to be prepared to, to put in. And you've got to be prepared to be selfish. You've got to be prepared to take criticism. You've got to be prepared to the haters out there. You know, the gutless wonders that are that are hiding, lurking behind their keyboards and, and their computer screens and, and the PC brigade, you know, the just they're gutless. They've got, they got no mongrel in them. And this, this world wasn't built on being politically correct, let me tell you. And final question, uh, Brennan Dover from The Drayman, The Trady Hour, this is the inaugural, the first episode. We're going to be uh, coming back and running this uh, Every, every Monday afternoon at 4.30, uh, we're going to be riffing for uh, 30 to 40 or so minutes. Uh, final question, Brendan. What do you see as the, uh, again, what do you see as the way forward in a post-COVID world? I think the struggles are truly ahead of us, to be honest. Um, it hasn't, I'm not saying it's been easy thus far, but I think uh, living with COVID is going to add 
um, dimensions to the to the issue. I think um, I, I think there'll be a whole new meaning to sick leave. I think there'll be uh, I think there'll be a whole new meaning to mental uh, health of your team. Um, I think time will become even more important than it has been to date. Um, yeah, I see, I see the world's changed forever. Uh, and it's, I don't think it's all negative. I think there's a lot of positives come out of what we've learned in the last 18 months to two years. Um, and to be honest, I reckon some of us were coasting. Um, some of us might have been living the dream, as they say, which is a bullshit saying. It's a bit like, um, you know, it'll be what it'll be or it is what it is. Those sorts of sayings annoy the living daylights out of me. Because whilst it might be what it is, it's not what it should be. Uh, and you've got to change that outcome, you know. Don't sit there and throw your hands in the air and go, oh, well, it is what it is. You know, bullshit. Bullshit. Change it. Rock the boat. Or the, or the other one is all good. That's a that's a piss-poor response yeah. to anything. Brendan, uh, we're, we're, we're right at the we're right on the knocker here, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to, again, I'm going to be reaching out to you and we're going to be uh, co-hosting of um on and off um, as we go over the next few weeks. And uh, I look forward to, again, just uh, riffing with some great uh, trade and construction-based businesses. And uh, we're going to add value, right? We're going to provide value, add value. And Brendan, as I say in the classics, value created but not perceived is of no value. Correct. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.